0: You know, as I've been praying for you this morning, I, um, a lot of what I want to do is essentially just read this one verse and just let the Spirit speak to you out of that and, and leave it there. There's so much, just, I just feel caught up in the presence of God and in the Spirit of God that's just contained in here that he just wants to move in us and release us from. And Shortest book of the Bible, second verse, 3 John. Dear friend, John likes this guy that he's talking to. You. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. The King James used to say, I pray that you would be in health and you would prosper even as your soul prospers. Now, we've been talking a, a bit about healing and, and that's been in response to what the enemies tried to come in and attack us with. And we've been going, no, we're not going to stand for that. We're going to raise up and we're going to fight back because as the enemy tries to advance, no, the kingdom of God advances with force. And so we've been pushing back on the enemy. And, and we just thank, you that, thank God that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And we're, we're manifesting that in our world. But when we look at healing and look at healing in our bodies, one of the things that sometimes prevents our reception of what God wants to do in us is the condition of our soul. Sometimes one of the things that prevents us receiving what God wants to do in our external world, and our physical world, happens to be what's actually going on inside us. John's teaching guys here that there is a direct correlation between how our soul prospers and what's going on inside in relation to what we can receive outside. And I just really feel today that God wants to do a bit of a soul cleanse on us. And uh, I said before I was reluctant, I feel really reluctant to really speak too much into this, but I, I want to give it a bit of shape because I just really feel the Holy Spirit already ministering and, and speaking to people about what's going on in your soul already. And you're like, oh, yep, that's identified. Yeah, that, that's... Welcome back, Jim and Marg. Welcome home, guys. It's so neat to have family members coming back home. And no, I haven't even seen... I've got to give Margie a hug. I haven't seen her for like... <laughs> Five months, so we need cuddle times. You're welcome. I saw him the other day, so sounds good. No, you won't. I'll be away. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry. Thank you for indulging me um, (laughs) for a moment there. But you know, Isaac gives us a good place in the Bible for what this. He plays this out, and what this looks like. So. We know the story of Isaac. Abraham, he's the child of the blessing. He's the child of promise. So God has promised Abraham this child. We know the story raises up. They get to 100, have a child at 100. I sometimes can't keep up with my children. I'm 35. Just, <laughs> that's just crazy. So Abraham and Sarah have Isaac at 100, and, and, and we know the story. He, gets, he grows up as a young man and um, gets taken up the hill, and they do... God provides the sacrifice there. And then when he's 40, God provides into his life. They take him out and he he gets married to Rebekah at 40. And then during that time, he finds that they can't have children. And I love Isaac's response there. He prays. And then 20 years later, 20 years of believing and praying, and and God opens Rebekah's womb, and she has two nations that contend inside her, Esau and Jacob. And they come out already having a bit of fisticuffs as they come out and Jacob holding it on to Esau's ankle. And, And so they weren't good mates in the womb and they grow up not as good friends in this whole situation. So Isaac's 60 now and he has these two children and he's excited but growing up with them going at each other. And then when they get to the age of 40, so Esau and Jacob are now 40, Esau marries two girls. And it was after this time, so Isaac's 100, and it's after this time that Isaac feels it's time to then pass on his family line and pass on all, he he gives away his inheritance to them and calls them to his bedside. And we we know that um, through that passage, Jacob takes the firstborn's inheritance instead of Esau. And, And at the beginning of Genesis 27, we have the beginning of that process. When Isaac was old, and so he's over 100 by this time, and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see. He was blind. He called for Esau, his eldest son, and said to him, my son, here I am. When Isaac was old, his eyes were dull. They were blind. You know, we have chapter markers. When we read this story, we often start here at chapter, at the beginning of chapter 27, but That wasn't there in the original Hebrew. So let's go back a verse and actually read the connection, what happens in 2634. When Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, daughter of Biri, the Hittite, and also Basmuth, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite. And they were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old, his eyes were weak. You know, Moses, when he was 120, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 34, he was 120 and his eyes had not grown dim. He was full of sight and full of vision. You know, they've actually now found that there is a relationship between our eyesight and grief. So in medical research, it now finds if we maintain grief for extended periods, blindness can result. There was a man, I was reading just one story of this. There was a man, um, he had perfect 20-20 vision. Then all of a sudden one day he got up and it was just, things were going blurry. He couldn't see properly. He was straining, just pain in his eyes. Went to the optometrist and they started to get the script. and, And so they started to make the script for his glasses. And it was quite a strong script that he had to get. And he just was so confused, couldn't understand what was going on. He was just getting tired from all things. Ended up having a phone call with his mother and his mom said, well, you're probably a bit sad at the moment. His friend, one of his best friends had been um, diagnosed terminal illness and was in hospital and was on, it, on his last legs. And he, he got off the phone and thought about it and he gave himself to the emotions for a period. And he just sat there and, and wept that day and just really wept and grieving for the loss of his friend. Woke up the next morning... Wow, I can see. And his eyes had been restored. I pray that you would be in health even as your soul prospers. See, things going on inside us can affect what's going on on the outside and going around us. You know, I just it's not often you get to read a whole book of the Bible in church. And so I just want to do that this morning. I, I just think it's a really neat thing just to be able to read a whole book of the Bible. This book is only 210 words long in the Greek, so it's, it's, it's pretty simple for us to do. But there's some things inside us that, that John's actually talking to Gaius here about what this means and means in his world. And, and Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would enlighten us and bring revelation through these words as, as we look at them, and that you would point to things inside us that you want to... Redeem this morning, Father. Things that are just going to leap off the pain, just redeem in us. So John writes, To the elder, my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they're strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. And we ought to, therefore, show hospitality to such people so that they may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but oh, Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing. Spreading malicious nonsense about us, not satisfied that even he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon. And we will talk face-to-face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Pray that you may enjoy good health. And it may go well with you, even as your soul's getting along well. I just want to speak a few things this morning, and then just give us some space just for the Holy Spirit to minister. and, And just restore soul. But... I want to speak a couple of things through, through what John writes to Gaius about what a prosperous soul looks like. And the first thing that he points out in Gaius's life is, you walk in the truth, and it's testified of you that you walk in the truth. Well, what's truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That was actually the question Pilate asked him at the end. What is truth? What is truth? You know, that, that word truth means to declare what is, to declare what is, what is real, to say it as it is, to say it how it is, is truth. When it speaks there of our soul prospering, the Greek word, and there's a little bit of stuff, the Greek word there is psyche. Our mind, soul, our mind, will, and emotions, but a large part of it falls falls into our mind, and ...falls into our emotions... ...and I feel reluctant to sort of outline some parts of this... But ...so the bits I say aren't exhaustive by any means... ...but I guess examples this morning of what this could look like... ...see, we often feel like we cannot control our emotions... ...Isaac, when he was 100 and his son had married... ...experienced grief... ...yet he thought he couldn't control his emotions... 40 years earlier, 60 years earlier, when he's married and realized that his wife can't fall pregnant, you know, he could have easily experienced grief at that point. But instead, he held on to a truth that his father and his mother had spoken into him all his life. He was the child of promise. He was born to them at 100 when they had declared that God has promised, God has promised, God has promised, God has promised. He knew at that point... He could have listened to the natural circumstance, she's not having a baby, or he could listen to the truth that he'd heard prophesied and testified to himself. And so he chose at that point to hold on to the word of God and prayed for 20 years. Forty years later, he chose to look at the circumstance and go, these two daughter-in-laws are mine, they're rubbish. It's all over. It's all sad. My line is going to end the line that's going to go through Esau, the blessing, the covenant is over because it's, it's going to these Hittites and it's being... You know, we have this thing. It's like our, our emotions are affected by our beliefs and values. Pastor Bruce always used to say ABC with this. But our, our emotions come from our beliefs and values. Say this, say this morning, I'm walking down here and... And all of a sudden, I I, I come down here and I'm just having a yarn with these lovely women here. And behind me, Adam spills water all over me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I turn around and he does that. And he starts jumping up and down. Yes, I've got him. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to believe. What a dirty rotten sod. He's just poured that over me on purpose. He's just trying to drown me and make my life miserable. What's my emotional response going to be? Exactly. I'm just going to turn around and backhand the fella. But if I turn around and realize Toby's sitting on his lap and jumping around and, and now there's a bottle of water that's dropped on the floor and spilt and Adam looks all shocked. I turn around and my belief is, oh, that was an accident. The anger inside me is going to be nowhere near the same. I'm still going to be a bit upset. I'm covered in water now and a bit drenched there. But I'm not going to want to rip his head off in the same level of of degree. It may just be a a, a little slap around, not a backhand this time. (laughs) 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 He's bigger than me. (laughs) You know, we, we have control over our emotions by our beliefs. We've got control of what we believe. Are we going to believe what we see in our natural circumstances or are we going to dig into the word of God and dig into his promises and hold firm in the faith? And we've been talking about faith. Hold firm to what God says about our situation, what God says about our circumstances. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. The truth will be your freedom as you hold on to it. Isaac was able to look at his barren wife and knew the truth. And spoke to it. You know, there's many that, that have been through sickness and circumstances of late. And in your spirit, it, you, you've been challenged. Do I look at my situation or, or do I believe the word of God that says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? And that's a challenge at all times. And our hope gets, gets diminished and our soul gets grievous when we see our circumstances not lining up. No, a while ago, some of you are aware, had a whole bunch of stuff sort of go, go on this week, um, year, and a little while ago, in a few weeks, we had a, our, blew up our car engine, and then one Sunday morning, we got home, and oh, wow, that's not where we left it. Oh, that door is open now. Um, we'd had some lovely people that we were generous to um, whilst we were at church, and uh, whole, whole story through, everything got recovered because silly thieves that steal an iPad and plug it in, and then I can find where it is on my phone. And um, just really thankful to the Queensland Police Service. Five hours it took them to recover our items. And um, so good one to the Queensland Police there on that. But those sort of things could make our soul grieve, and, and could have made my soul really upset. I remember coming in and Lisa setting up for worship at night, and she looks at me, how are you going? I'm like, well haven't got my rest this afternoon that I would have liked. Oh, why not? Oh, we got robbed this morning. He looks at me and goes, and you're smiling? Yes. I'm like, yeah. Because this isn't my condition. My identity is not in what's going on around me. My, My circumstances don't affect how I am. How I am is in direct proportion to who he is. My identity is as his son, what we believe. And so there's some today that through circumstances you're grieving, there's anxiety, there's fear that's going on, and, you, and, and there's just a need to dig into the Word today. There's some here today that during your sleep, you, you've been troubled. Dreams at night have been troubling you, and I just believe God wants to relate, release you from that as you take your thoughts captive each evening to the cross. There's some today that you've, um, you haven't been following the prompting of the Spirit, and you're walking with guilt within that, God, I really should have done that with, for God, and He just wants to He just wants to release that today. Some with with loved ones that aren't walking with God and you just hold, you hold that burden where the truth says that it's my desire that all men would be saved. Now I just want to just read some verses out that that are the truth in this. God, the spirit of God gave us, does not make us timid. He's not given us a spirit of fear but he gives us power, love, self-discipline or as the old translation said, a sound mind don't be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god sometimes i think we've forgotten what the word tarry means sometimes when we have anxious moments yongi cho um, set up with his church prayer mountain he used to say to them this you got a little problem little pray you got a big problem big pray I was talking with one of the Korean pastors this week, and he he just felt to do things different in his world and felt God moving him from his ministry to something else. And so he went to prayer and for 18 months prayed for six hours a day. (laughs) I was a bit humbled. (laughs) In every situation, by prayer and petition, thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Don't worry. Saying, what shall I eat, drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Know that your heavenly Father knows you need them. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. My God will meet all your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who must... Give account, therefore, since we have such a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for, for, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who is tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God raised us up with Christ and seated us at the right hand, seated us with Him in heavenly realms in Jesus. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You will call on me, pray to me, I will listen to you. A well-soul looks at the truth and walks in the truth. A second thing that someone with a soul, a soul that is well and prosperous does, is they have a mother and a father. Mother, father, in that. You know, John, I I, I was speaking in Father's Day about that. There's a number of of books of the Bible that are written by dads to sons, and this is another one that I didn't have on my list there. I love there when John says to him, this is what I long for for my children, that they walk in the truth. Gaius, he starts by calling him friend and elder, but then he gets to the heart of his relationship with him. You're my son. And then at the end, he's like, you know, there's a whole bunch more stuff I want to say to you, Gaius, but I'm not going to put it in a letter because I just want to be with you. And I want to be able to talk to you face to face and share it. And, and you can see John's heart and the heart of the, what a father is that, that really pours out and connects in there. And, and not only that, we see Gaius as a good son, setting up opportunity and space for his father's ministry. When I come to you, greet me, create space. Gaius makes space for his spiritual father to come into the world. You know, there's some um, I'm just so grateful and excited by what God's been doing here the last few years and over the last 18 months. I'm just so privileged uh, to be part of just such an awesome, awesome father-son, father-mother-son thing that's gone on here and continued on. And I just hear stories of where that hasn't been the case, but also stories of where the children do things very poorly, where someone will come into a church and take over and I love that Pastor Bruce and Jones sit on the front row. I don't want them anywhere else. I just want them right there. I just want them right there. But in other places, and we know this, that they're told to get out. We're moving on. God's doing a new thing in this hour. We don't need you anymore. And they're totally removed. And, and that's not the case. I, I love that. we. I, I still want to create space for Mum and dad's ministry in this place. And we still do. And Pastor Jones going to bring an awesome message next week. And we just want space for them because they're valued. And so we need the generation before us for our soul to be well. Now, that might not necessarily mean someone older. That might just mean someone that's, that's further down the road of the truth than you are. You know, I've, in some ways, I've got spiritual children who are older than me. It's, it's absolutely brilliant. I, I just love relationship. And, and the whole thing in this is it comes, guys, he had a desire to be nurtured. He had a desire for someone to speak into his world, and he created space for someone to speak in his world. You know, we, we've talked this stuff for the last few years about, about spiritual parenting, and, and this is what I, I really believe and see as the heartbeat of discipleship in the Word real strong relationship that goes beyond a cup of coffee each week and, and mentoring and, and someone telling you how to do life, but but doing life together. And parents that create space for their children and, and break ground for them, and, and, and children that create space for their parents and, and honor and love and, and respect in that. I'm, I'm not talking natural, but, but spiritual. I, I praise God for my natural mum and everything she's fed into me, but I also praise God for the spiritual parents that... He's put around me as I've pursued that. And I had this revelation this week. I've got these three amazing sons, but I may not be the biggest spiritual influence in their lives. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. I want them to have parents in the faith that are going to raise them up to be all they can be and going to raise them up just to be the the men of God that they're meant to be and, and just open things through and this comes you might be here and you go it just seems a bit foreign and I can guarantee hang out with us long enough it'll, it'll make more sense because it is a bit foreign to how we've done church it is a bit foreign to how we've done life but this is something I believe is worth breaking ground on. We're talking the other Sunday night just about God just give me revelation of what this looked like and Ruth and Boaz even though they end up getting married in a lot of ways God set up Boaz became a spiritual father to Ruth. All of a sudden, he was a young girl who needed feeding into. She came from another nation, followed Naomi back to Israel. And then they needed provision. They, she had needs in her life. She needed food. And so she went to Boaz's restaurant and started jumping in the bins and grabbing food out of the bins. After all, they'd cleared all the plates off the trail. Really, they actually had a field and she was going around picking up the grain off the field that was left over. After a while, Boaz, something significant in the kingdom of God happened inside Boaz that he saw this young woman who became in proximity around him and the Holy Spirit alight and said, you've got to provide for her. And so he started to tell his table staff, just leave some of the plates. You know, the plates that have like half a steak left on them and some chips and veggies, leave them out there and let, let Ruth grab those plates let her just enjoy the meal behind there, provide for her and her family. And he got to the point where he gave of himself just to provide back the land of the family. And he spoke to the kinsman redeemer and took that place. And something significant of the kingdom of God went on between them. But first, Boaz poured himself out to her. And there's something significant as we, we as spiritual parents, as we as people that have walked down the line in the faith, begin to pour ourselves and look for things and to uh, open up and, and look at those in proximity to us and ask, Lord, who is there that I can pour my life into and make away from? And, and even from the other side of that, we need to go, Lord, Lord, provide me people who are going to feed into me, who I can trust and give myself to and I can honor and respect and as good children make a way for that. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Pastor Bruce and Jones still have people that are feeding into their lives for their ministry, and, and that they meet with regularly, and who love them, and have broken ground and created space. And um, it's really neat. One of Bruce's dads, Pastor Jack Frewen, Lord, is uh, like a granddad to me. I used to hang out with the guy when I was fifteen, and it's just exciting. And he broke ground for Pastor Bruce, and they, there's still a relationship that that goes on there. And um, I just this stuff gets me going. Another thing in there, and I, I probably just won't speak too much of this, is, is how you treat others. John speaks to guys and say, "You have, you've been kind to the brothers and sisters, even those you don't know. When you've got a good soul, it comes from treating others well, and with respect and honor." And I, you know, I just don't want to speak too much more today, but I just want to just play a song. And as we do that, I, I just, Michael's going to come and sing with me, and it's nice just to, just to shut your eyes and just allow the, the Spirit of God just to minister through that. And then at the end of that, what we're going to do is, if God's ministering to you some way in your soul, there's something that's going on inside that you're like, I just need to release from this, we'll just stand where we are and we'll pray, and, and just seek God through that, but all week I haven't been able to get this song out, and I just continue to just get smacked by the Holy Spirit whenever I come near it and say, so Caleb, if you can follow along with the words. I know you don't know it, but we'll work it out as we go.